about that. Like, oh man, how practical. I mean, I feel like any of us would be like, can, I, can you repeat that? Like a little bit of doubt to say like, can the impossible happen? But it also made me think, wow, Zachariah had a moment with God in the temple and his inability to communicate almost forces him to savor and to sit in that moment. And that's what he does. He goes out and he tell, people recognize that he's been in the temple too long and they are trying to figure out what happens and he just can't talk. And so he's trying to, you know, something happened. And he goes home and it says that Zechariah and Elizabeth get pregnant and they are going to have a baby who we will know as John the Baptist. And I think about what it was like for Zachariah and Elizabeth to carry this longing, this dream for a family, for a baby, in this time and culture. And I think about what it was like to carry that dream, and yet, in light of the reality, live in trust and faith. And then to have this moment where this unmet desire of theirs is realized. And just what kind of shock that they would be experiencing in this moment where to know like God had sent a word for them after 400 years, God had sent a word to them and God had given them this impossible promise. And, and I love um, Elizabeth's response. And in Luke 1, 25, she says, the Lord has done this for me, she, Elizabeth said. In these days, he has shown favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. See, in that time, lineage was everything. And there was, there was this longing and this unmet need that kind of went so deep that it almost became this mirror image of shame for Elizabeth. And, G and God is, the angel's promise, God's promise that they would have a baby isn't just like, oh, now you can be a normal 2.5 kids family in this society, but actually that you can know God has seen you. In your deepest unmet need, God has seen you. I love that God chose to break this 400-year-long of silence with this marginalized couple, this, this, this man and woman who are just living their lives being faithful to God. And... Um, versus taking like the highest person in power in a society to say like, oh, this is who is going to announce my kingdom. For 400 years, the prophets were silent and heaven broke open to speak to this elderly couple with a broken dream who were just faithfully loving God. Advent is a time of great anticipation where we can bring our honest longings and we are met with great hope. Hope is not easy. Hope is an invitation. I love what um, Tim Mackey's, like the Bible Project, um, one of the co-creators of that, he says, it can, feel, it can be difficult to feel hopeful, but biblical hope means trusting in God's character and choosing hope despite our circumstances. I appreciate the honesty of that because it's true. It can be very vulnerable 
to have and voice and a deep longing and to, and to just feel the weight of that need not being met? What does it mean if this is something I desire and I'm not receiving? And as we approach Christmas in this next four weeks of Advent, um, each week we're taking the time to go deeper and meditate on these different elements of preparation, hope, peace, joy, and love. And today as we think about hope, I want to invite us to think about what is it, what are the longings that you're carrying? That's a big word, so (laughs) maybe something doesn't jump out at you, but, but maybe another way to ask it is like, what is the thing that you think you really, really, really want to experience, need, want for others? What are the dreams? What are the things that you almost feel embarrassed to voice? Our longings aren't just like, what do I want for dinner? Our longings are the things that live within us that say, this is the person that I want to become or be. This is the life that I want to experience, the community or the the, the context that I want to live it out in. Um, this is the freedom I want to receive from whatever might be holding me back. And I wrote down this lyric because I loved it in the song that we sang. When the night is holding on to me, you, God, you're holding on. What are the things that are holding our desires and our longings that keep us from even voicing them to others or to God? And what I want to do is for the rest of our time together, I actually want to invite us to practice experiencing hope from that place of longing together. And we'll do it in a couple of ways. Um, I'm going to invite Daniel and Ashton to come up, and they're going to do a, we'll do like a communal lighting of the candle. This is a tradition that's practiced. We're actually going to be joining globally with other Christians who are practicing this um, very thing with us. And then we'll, we'll do a few minutes of just a spiritual practice together when we're done with that. So thank you so much, Ashton and Daniel, for um, leading us, and I'll let you do that. It's on. Um, I'm Ashton, and then this is Daniel. Um, We are the co-leaders for the college group here at Midtown. It's new, (laughs) but uh, it's getting started. A couple weeks old. Um, So we're going to read from the scripture of Isaiah 2, 2 through 5. Um, And it says, yes, feel free to follow along. Uh, It says, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between the nations and will send disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Well, 
Okay, so now, I hope a slide, a slide's gonna pop up. Um, and so we're gonna read this together, so, um, <laughs> who in second? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna read something out loud, and then from here, and then you guys are gonna follow along and we're gonna read together this. It's collectively as a group, and then it'll switch and we'll do it three times with three different words. Good? Got it? <laughs> okay, so we know the word is not as it should be. And then we're going to say, God's word will spring out of Jerusalem and instruct all. Wow, that was so good. <laughs> Creation groans for its redemption, for things to be made right. People make war against each other and denigrate each other's worth. Thank you so much, Daniel and Ashton, and we're grateful for you both. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I wanna, um, I wanna move us into a time where we have some space to kind of be still, to live into this pause, and to actually invite Jesus into this place of hope and longing. And I will guide us, because some of you might be thinking, okay, how, that's okay. Um, so what I wanna do is uh, give us about 10 minutes to practice something called, a spiritual practice called practicing the presence. So practicing the presence is a spiritual discipline from a like 17th, 17th century French monk. His name was Brother Lawrence, and it's part of like Ignatian spirituality. But what it offers us is a discipline that helps us become aware, almost awaken our soul to God's presence in, in the simple things. So we know that when we come to church, we're gonna experience God, we're gonna experience community, we hope. Um, we know that when we maybe read our Bible or we sit down to pray or pray before a meal, we know that we're entering the space where God is. Practicing the presence is actually helping us awaken, our aware, help our awareness grow of God's presence everywhere, in all the things. And, um, and it's an opportunity to help us create rhythms that kind of help nudge us to say, oh God, where are you here? I'm here. And of course, enables us to hear God say, I'm here too, and speak to us. And so this discipline I'm tweaking a little, which don't tell Brother Lawrence, he's long gone, but um, I'm gonna tweak a little because what I wanna do is I wanna invite us in some reflective um, imagining to consider the source of like some deep desires or even maybe a source of deep anxiety and then invite us into some prayer practice to say like, God, where are you in these places of longing or these places of expectation in our lives? And um, let me invite the worship team up. And while I do that, I actually wanted to, I know it's only two people, but Rob and Caleb, thank you. <laughs> While I do that, I want to share a little story of the ways I've experienced hope in this season of my life. 
Um, I've been following Jesus since I was a junior in college, which at the time felt like I was really old when I started following Jesus. Now as an adult, I'm like, I was a baby. But I've been on, um, in ministry for 22 years. I work with InterVarsity. It's a college ministry. And the thing that compelled me to InterVarsity is like, I loved being able to have been invested in by friends in, on campus to meet Jesus in the scriptures and to learn how to follow Jesus. And I love doing that. I love God. I love students. And I love just walking alongside others and looking at the gospels and saying like, let's examine this. What does it mean that Jesus is saying these things and trying to really practice living these things out? And um, I've been doing that. I did that for in Vegas for seven years and I came here and have been here for 13, I think. And so um, I've loved ministry for a long time. But I noticed a number of years ago, maybe like around 2016, maybe earlier, um, I noticed there was just this growing dissonance that I was experiencing. And I don't know how to explain it because I don't, didn't ever really put voice to what it meant, but I just, it was like this dissonance, this tension, this rock that I was like feeling, and I didn't know why something had shifted. And I was in spiritual, um, I was in spiritual direction and in a spiritual ministry, like spiritual direction cohort, where we were like taking intentional time every month to hear from God. And I noticed I was having a lot of anxiety because I started to feel like that dissonance was not faithful. And I didn't actually know how to like sit down with this tension and, and actually say like, I'm here, God, let me hear from you. And it took me many, many years. I think I ignored it for a long time and did like boxing or something, you know, just try and like distract myself from this kind of tension and um, I want to say, like, in the last year and a half, I've been engaged in Emotionally Focused. This is like a course that our church has really been investing in. And it has been um, a place where I've experienced a lot of hope. And one of the biggest shifts I experienced is, like, I'm the oldest daughter of a daughter of immigrants. I, I carry this responsibility in me. And that responsibility is, like, I take care of people. And I think that dissonance was I started to see things either in the world or I, I was seeing really painful things in people that felt unjust or I was seeing people who claimed to know God but they were saying really harmful things and practices and I started to feel like I needed to be God's PR agent <laughs> and I needed to like protect God's image, his reputation and instead of asking, saying like, like I think of the prophets that say like, God, why is there injustice? I was like, oh, well, let's, like, we must not, you know, understand. Or I was just being really judgmental to people that were doing things that were questionable. And EF, Emotionally Focused, this course, helps me actually pay attention to that place of longing, this desire to say, like, God, I know you're good. I know you're good. Then why am I feeling so frustrated? Why do things just feel so messed up? And, and I just feel like God has met me in this place of hope. One, to be able to say like, you actually don't need to worry about my reputation. I've had it for millennia and I have it for another millennia. But also this freedom to say, you get to be a whole person. You get to come to the scriptures and you get to say, who is Jesus? What does it mean to follow him? You get to see what mess what's messed up in the world and you get to say, I don't like that. And you get to um, invite students to see who Jesus is and be part of those conversations without any anxiety of what that means. Like there's just been this really 
this freedom, I think, that I've experienced that has given me a lot of hope to say, like, God is good. Even when the things that are holding on to us keep us down, even when the rock in our stomach is like, I can't, I just want to leave. This is too uncomfortable. God is holding on to us. And um, I just wanted to share that. I know it feel, can feel vulnerable. I think one of my stressors is like, as a leader, I feel like, oh, if I have doubt, like Zachariah, what does that mean? But I remember the angel said, do not be afraid, and then gave the promise. And so I am reminded that as I'm able to bring my honest longing before God, as I'm able to bring my questions, my sources of anxiety, the faces of the people who give me anxiety, I'm also able to hear God say, do not be afraid. I'm here with you. So what I want to do is I want to invite us to think about, um, and I'm going to be very directive because for some this might be like a foreign experience. Um, so what I want us to do is just close your eyes and get comfortable in your chairs. And then I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and my hope is that you can have some sense Maybe it's not a clear picture, but maybe it's some sense of a place that you have either a, a longing, a hope, an unmet desire, and you can kind of almost picture that in front of you, if you can picture it. That you might see the face of the child or the coworker or the um, politician, I don't know, the face of the person that represents just this place of pain or maybe you think of an unmet desire, and like Zachariah and Elizabeth, you're thinking of the things in your lives that you had dreamed for yourself. Or maybe you're just thinking of a dream, a passion project that you've had kind of stirring in your mind, and you're like, I don't know. I, I don't have the faith to really see this realized. Maybe that's the thing that feels really vulnerable to you. And whatever it is, as you can imagine it, <coughs> let it be before you and just take a couple breaths. Maybe it's a question that you're just holding on to. And as you do that, I'm going to read um, a prayer, a truth from Romans. And as I read it, and as you hold this thing, I just want to invite you to consider where is Jesus with your, like, as you imagine the thing that you are holding, where is Jesus? Where can you awaken your awareness, your imagination, your heart to God's presence with the thing that you are holding that's so sacred to you? And as you consider where Jesus is, I want to give us a chance to just take a breath and then I'll leave some silence to hear from God yourself. To hear, is, is God saying, do not be afraid? Is God saying, I see you? Is God giving you a promise? And with that, um, we'll just spend a minute in silence, like being in the presence of God, being aware of God's presence with us. And the beautiful thing about contemplation, this act of becoming aware of God's presence and where we are at is that there is nothing you can do to make God's presence go away and there's nothing you can do to conjure up God's presence to be more. Your very nature of being God's child is that God is with you. So what we're doing is we're becoming aware to God's presence. So go back to the thing that you're thinking of. 
the, the question or the heart or the person that you've got in mind. Take a deep breath. And then we'll listen for how God shows up. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you meet us in this few minutes of silence? Help us to become aware of your presence and help us to attune our ear to your voice. In about a minute, I will close us. God, we love you. We thank you for your unwavering presence in our lives. We're thankful for your grace and peace that even when we're kind of busy with our to-do list and with our days and with our lives, that you are there. And I'm thankful that you prompt us to catch a glimpse of your presence, whether it's through moments like this of being still, or whether it's through the gift of community, or whether it's just that prompting of your spirit. Thank you that you um, are eager and generous with your desire to help us be seen and found and met in the places that we are. And God, we know that you are good and you are trustworthy, and so we steward these longings. To, we give these longings to you to steward, God. We know that you can steward them well. And we pray. I pray a blessing over this community that that we would be able to meet you in this honest, this place of honest longing. And I pray that your spirit will fill us with hope that is unmatched to anything Target or anyone else can offer in this Christmas season, that we would press into what it means to, to with hope and anticipation, prepare for your celebration of your birth. And I pray and just give gratitude for this time to be together and meditate on these things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.